Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, September 2nd, uh, 2022. Tonight we're discussing, um, actually it's a debut novel by Barney, Barney Garmus, G-A-R-M-U-S, called Lessons in Chemistry. So um, if you listen to the audiobook, at the end of the audiobook, there was an interview with Barney Gomez, so you probably learned a, a bit about her from the interview. So I'm not going to add too much more, and some of this may be things that she mentioned <laughs> in the interview. Um, so she worked as a copywriter, and she focused mainly on technology, medicine, and education. And um, she is an open-water swimmer and also a rower, which played a part in the book. And she was born in California. She's lived in Seattle. And now she lives in London with her husband, her two daughters, and her dog, whose name is 99. And 99, <laughs> if you ever watch the show Get Smart, it's smart yeah. at 99. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's who 99 is named after. Um, and the other interesting thing about her is I think she published this book when she was in her 60s. And it's her debut novel. So, um, you know, it's never too late <laughs> to, <laughs> to do something. Um, so I'm going to go over the characters because there's, there's actually a lot of characters in this story. So I made a list. Um, so the main character is Elizabeth Zott. And then we have her daughter who is Mad Zott or Madeline Zott. And then there's Calvin Evans, who was her, I guess, her boyfriend, you would say. Um, and there was um, it was Dr. Myers who was the one who raped her, and there was Walter Pine who was the TV show producer, um, Dr. Donati who was Elizabeth's boss at, at work, um, Six Thirty who was of course the the dog, Miss um, Frask um, who had an interesting you know transition during the story, um, Dr. Mason who was Elizabeth's doctor. Harriet Sloan, who was her neighbor and her friend, um, Miss Mudford, um, who was the, the uh, kindergarten room teacher, um, Phil Levin, Levinsmall, who was Walter Pine's boss. Um, now, I, I'm not sure if it was Reverend Watley, or I wasn't exactly sure exactly what his name was. It sounded like Watley to me, but it may be something else. Weekly is what it sounded like to me. Weekly? Okay. Weekly. 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 Likely, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, likely, yeah. I was in the neighborhood, but not quite there. Um, yeah. Avery Parker, who was Calvin's biological mother, and then Mr. Wilson, who was Avery Parker's lawyer. So there's quite a few characters. So I'm going to just make a couple of initial comments to sort of get started. So now, when I heard about this book from, I listened to a lot of book podcasts. It was consistently described as a comfort read. And if you read the Bard annotation, it makes it sound like it's a comfort read. I didn't find this book to be a comfort read, so that's something we can all discuss, you know, whether we found the book comforting or if we found it a, a little challenging in certain places. Um, I, I actually thought it was going to be a different book than it turned out to be. Um, it, it was a more... Um, I thought it was more intense. It was a deeper book. It went into a lot of issues. I, I actually was very different than I thought it was going to be. Um, I, I thought there was almost like a little bit of a fairy tale or fantastical quality to the story, but it was very grounded in real life. But, you know, if you think about like when Elizabeth Zott said that um, 630 picked up Mad from school, I was like, I don't think so. You know, it's it's very <laughs> unusual that a dog would go. I mean, maybe a dog would go come along with somebody, but it sounded like 6:30 and not Harriet was picking up Mad from school. And I thought, okay, you know, that's a little fantastical. Um, <clears throat> the characters were, I thought, were really memorable, really easy to picture, um, very very well done, um, and. Um, I thought it was interesting for me, not being a scientist, to sort of see the world through the eyes of a scientist. I found that very kind of memorable. And then the last thing I'll say is, um, now, I, I have been coming to Accessible World for over 10 years, and I am very aware that a lot of people that come to Accessible World um, are uh, very religious. And I was not aware 
that that Elizabeth thought it was an atheist. And so I'm hoping that it's not something that was upsetting or unsettling to people. So I would say, you know, if it's probably better in a group of people that come from all different places. Like, you know, many of us live in different states and different types of communities. And how much religion impacts in our daily life probably varies from place to place. So, you know, if you can, I wouldn't necessarily go too much into the whole thing about atheism because, you know, it depends on your, your situation, where you come from, where you live, who you're exposed to, how homogeneous your community is, how diverse it is. Um, but again, it's not something that I'm particularly comfortable discussing in a book group. Um, I, I, it's just it's just who I am. So I would say if you want to go into religion, let's do it in a general way, not in a really specific way, because it was not my intention to pick a book that would make people uncomfortable um, if they're un- if they're uncomfortable with atheism. I don't. Maybe none of you are. That I don't know. But I know some people who are very religious are very uncomfortable with atheism, and that might be you. So, you know, we'll just have to um, tread lightly, I would say. So, with all that, um, I do have the list here of the people that are here, and I will call on people one by one and see what everybody thought. Um, Think so two more people. Why don't we at least two others. We're up to, four, other, we're up yeah, to fourteen we're, now. Yes, yeah, okay. two or three so more who, people. Who, came who else am I missing then? Should I go over the list of people again? Uh, uh, Allison Fowling came in, and area code nine nine seven zero came in. I'm not sure who somebody that is. left. Yeah, that was Andrew that came in and left. Who's area code nine seven zero? Maybe you're just listening. Is that person muted? Uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, they, we'll they, they request at the end. Okay. No, area code nine seven zero is unmuted, but they're not talking, so maybe they don't yeah. know the area code. Ladon, La- uh, did you say something? I, I said they can chime in at the end if you don't. Oh, care. okay, okay, no problem. Okay. Um. So, how about you, Joni? Why don't we start with you today? What What did you think of the story? Well, I almost didn't read the book. I started reading it. I read for around two hours. I really was not, well, I mean, I used to love to row rowboats, but I didn't know all the technical things that um, she was talking about and all the chemistry stuff. And, well, I liked the uh, her meeting of Calvin and how much they loved each other. And, and the back and forth that went between them. But I was thinking, I'm not going to finish the book. I just don't like it. Okay. Well, last week in the Mystery Book Club, everybody was saying, oh, you've got to read Lessons in Chemistry. It's wonderful. And I, I'm I was thinking, there. I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. I believe you. I, I don't, don't know hear where it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where I heard it. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad to hear it, but okay. What? Maybe it was in Worlds of Books? Anyway. It doesn't doesn't anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joni. Um, so after I was... After I left the book club, I decided to continue reading. And I read for a little while. And then all of a sudden, when she was going to have the baby, mm-hmm. that just got to me. And I, I couldn't stop reading. I loved it. I loved 630. I <laughs> loved the baby. I loved Matt. I loved everything about the book. And the way she was treated um, and the way women were treated then and even now, um, oh, I just got so angry because I knew what we had gone through. I mean, I had people that told me, well, you could be a secretary. Mm. Well, I had a degree in social work. And 
oh, that's okay for a woman, and that kind of thing. We've all been through some of that or a lot of that. And especially when you're a blind woman, mm-hmm. people think you can't do anything. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, I just thought that, I thought Harriet was absolutely Elizabeth's lifesaver. I thought the um, it would have been nice to have some of the recipes that she had with supper at six. And um, you well, wanted that cookbook, huh? <laughs> that she mentioned in the in the interview about um, having a book that she never finished that she started before this right. one about Mad growing up raising her own daughter. And her supper at six cookbook. Yeah, it's too bad that she didn't uh, have it published. <laughs> yeah. Or finish it or whatever. Well, maybe she will. Who knows? Anyway, um, it's hard being first because uh, yeah, I know. there's so much that you want to. So why are you talking while I'm talking, Deanna? I'm sorry. <sighs> Um, I was just teasing you about wanting the cookbook. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I love the book, and it's it's good to continue reading a book that you haven't liked, despite the Moses rule. And I almost went with that, but then when I, I when it was so good, I called Marsha and I. Because she wasn't going to read the book. And I said, Marcia, you have to read the book. You have oh, okay. to. <laughs> that, that is true. I think sometimes what happens is I've had that experience where I read a book for a few hours. And I'm like, mm, you know, whatever. And then I continue. And at some point, like you mentioned, it just clicks. And all of a sudden, you become very invested in the book. Um, the rowing thing was also really interesting. My niece is a rower. And... Um, I'll tell you, when she, she rode in high school and in college, and boy, was she in good shape. <laughs> she, I mean, they weigh them because they can only weigh a certain amount. I don't know if it's true for men, but for women, they get weighed, and they can only you know, weigh a certain amount, and they can't go over that amount. And she was working out like four or five hours. I mean, besides going to school, she was working out like four or five hours a day, and they're like in phenomenal shape. I mean, unbelievable. It's a tough, tough thing, rowing. Um, it's, it's, it's quite an exhausting sport. Um, okay. Um, well, Marsha, since you uh, were, were egged on by Joni to, to read the book, why don't you tell us what, what you thought about it? I was very, very surprised. This was such a unique book as far as the characters being so they were unique that's that's the word that i that i that i come up with with this book and i was grabbed from the minute i started reading it i was not there was no to me there was nothing boring about the book um i loved the character well i can't say i loved all the characters but of course elizabeth and harriet and 630 and mad and calvin you know, those those people were wonderful as well as Wakely and uh, well, even well, Mr. Wilson, the lawyer and the her um, Calvin's biological mom. I don't remember mm-hmm. her name, but um, uh, in, and I felt sorry for poor Walter. He was he was a, a nice guy. His heart was in the right place. But old Phil there was just, uh, you know, walking all over him and um but I, I really, th- this book will s- definitely stick out in my mind as one of the most unique books I've mm-hmm. ever read. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot going on in this book. I, like yeah. I said earlier, I really didn't, I thought it was going to be a very light book, and it wasn't. And certainly, um, you know, if you're a woman and you've been in the workforce, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to talk about with this book. That, that's, I well, started working... Th- just a, hang on just a second, Michelle. I, I just I just wanted to finish by saying also that it was there was there were some really good humorous parts in, in this mm-hmm. book, as oh. well as some very intense um, 
parts in the book. So, I mean, it was it was unique in that aspect as well. I mean, it was funny. It was intense. It was it it was uh, anger angering. Is that a word? You know, there were parts that, you know, sure. just, what really and it made me so it, it put me through so many different emotions, which I thought was really cool. Anyway, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think when reading this book, you could really have a lot of different emotions. You could feel happy one minute and really angry the next minute. And um, it, there was there was a lot. You know, there was and it, it was. It's interesting to read a book like that. It's not always easy. You know, sometimes when you read the book, you're like, like when it started out and she was raped by her teacher or whatever he was. I'm like, oh my god, you know, it was horrendous and and you know and then you found out that Miss Frask had the same experience too mm-hmm. and um you know and it made, it made me think a little bit because I started working in the 1980s not the 1950s and 60s and certainly misogyny I've worked in plenty of offices that were mostly men and I certainly dealt with plenty of misogyny but I don't I was not physically touched or attacked and I don't know any woman who confided in me that she was. And I did wonder how much, how prevalent it was in the 50s and 60s. It might have been as prevalent as it seems to have been in this book. Um, Liz, what what did you think of the story? Um, Well, I also very much enjoyed the book. Um, I loved 630. And yeah, there was a, a bit of a, a you know suspension of de- belief there, but I, I loved hearing how a dog might process the world around him. <laughs> you know, and I just thought it was very, very sweet. Um, I, I, for some reason, I was really fascinated when she was ripping apart her kitchen and turning it into a laboratory, mm-hmm. and then the description is how she'd go out making her coffee and stuff after. With this very, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like oh wow, deliciously nerdy. Um, I I I absolutely loved the scene where she, I think it's Phil is about to assault her, and she goes yeah. and brings out her butcher knife, and he yeah. go, he dropped out of a heart attack. I just like don't even die. Well, yeah, he didn't die. Okay, but he drops from a heart attack. I just thought, yeah, okay, good for you. You know, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, in, in terms of just uh, touching lightly on her atheism, it did not bother me. And I think that because I've known so many people who were very, very scientific, they were all about science. And for, uh, for many people, depending on their background, they think that science is not compatible with religion. And so since her love was science and since she had such a unfortunate exposure to some fairly bizarre religious parents. Yeah, it made it made sense to me that that's what she would choose for herself. So it, it didn't offend me at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah I loved it. Um I was really happy at the end of the book when she was able it was at Avery when she met Avery and and, and it, it kind of opened the door like maybe she'd have something of a family anyway, you know. I, I don't know if it would or not, but I, I love the book. It was it was very interesting. I think it was pretty reflective of how things were in, during that time. Um, you know, I mean, we know that that stuff is still going on. We all heard about the casting couch and you know, uh, all, all that. Stuff. I think for some women, I think that you know, men are if they're smart, they they know to have they have to be a lot more. Um, um, oh, uh, covert, covert. Uh, yeah, covert about their sexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't just come right out and do what they used to do and get away with it, and they know it usually. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so it, it was a great book. Thanks. Good. Well, thank you. Those those are very very good comments. I appreciate it. Um, um, Jana, what what can you tell us what you thought about the book? Well, I ended up liking the book when I first started reading it. I was kind of doubtful, and I thought, oh my goodness, these characters are really quirky. And then I gave myself a little lecture and said, quirky is not always bad, so keep reading. And so I did keep reading, and the more I read, the more I liked it. And so I I did end up enjoying the book. I thought it was very sad uh, in some places, just the way that uh, women in science particularly uh, were treated at the time and still are to, to a point. And 
and if her experiences affected her so much that it, it, I think it affected her personal relationships and she couldn't commit to Calvin who wanted to marry her. And she didn't want any kind of help from him, even though he um, acknowledged her, her brilliance and wanted him to, and wanted her to be um, elevated to where she needed to be. And so I thought that part of it was, was kind of sad and uh, but it, anyway, I liked the book for all the reasons that everyone else did. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I think the characters in this book, I, I use the word memorable, but I think quirky is fine. I think unique is fine. I think it's all it's all the same thing. They're, they're very strong, kind of well-defined characters. You really have a sort of a sense of of. of they are. And I, I wasn't surprised that she didn't want to get married because I think she really wanted to uh, accomplish something in her field. And, and I think because he was such a noted uh, scientist, I think she thought her accomplishment would be sort of merged with his. But even though, but they were affiliated with each other, so I don't know if it made a difference if they were married or not, actually, because people knew that they were together as a couple. Um, and, of course, women, you know, never get any credit if they're with a man who's in the same field anyway. So hope maybe not. Maybe today it's different, but then certainly it made sense. Um, Jane, what, what did you think of the book? Oops. There we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Turn off the voiceover. Um, like everyone else so far, I really enjoyed the book. It was, it was not an easy read. Um, it, it, of course, made me angry in a lot of places because um, I, you know, I, I don't like the underdog and people that get picked on. And, and, but I learned a lot about chemistry. I really did. Um, I, re- I love books where, where the dog, uh, I love dogs. So I, I like books where the dog gets to tell part of the story, you know, the art of racing in the rain and whatever. And wasn't there, I think in Peter Pan, there was a dog that took care of the kids. Um, and I was thinking about um, that when I was reading this one. I really enjoyed um, 630. Um, and I, I, I had a friend a, a while ago who was a woman and who was a math teacher. And she used to always say that you know, it was hard for, for women to be in the sciences and, and math and that kind of thing. And, and this really brought that out. So um, I, um, it was a wonderful book. I, I liked the way it ended. It, it wrapped everything up. So, um, and it, it was not an easy read, but, um, I really liked it. Good. I, I'm glad. Yeah. It, it def- I don't think it was an easy read at all. I, I agree with you about that. And I think it's interesting how she ended up doing a cooking show and sort of teaching her audience about chemistry. And even one of the people in the audience who asked her a question ended up going to medical school. So she was trying to empower women a little bit and, you know, teach the sciences and just get them to, you know, I'm not really a great cook, so I never really thought of cooking in terms of chemistry. But, yeah, I think it is. I think there's quite a bit of chemistry involved in it. And they're going to make it. A movie, oh, so I see that movie. I don't know what channel it's going to be on or whatever. I think it's on Apple. TV. Apple. Oh, good. So oh, got Apple. I think it's on Apple, and it's with uh, Brie Larson. <laughs> Brie Larson. That's big cool. Yeah, Can't wait to she watch. was she was the mom in the movie Room. The Room. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the only thing I know her from. But I think I'm. Um, I think it's Amazon. Uh, I'm sorry, Apple. That it's going to be on Apple. Okay. I wish it I'll was keep Amazon. <laughs> Is it Amazon? Oh, no, I said no, I wish Apple. it was. I wish it it's was. Apple. It might be. It's one or the it's other. Apple. I know it's, it's Apple. It's Apple. It's Apple. Okay. Okay. Well, Alan, uh, you'll have to speak for your gender with this book. We'll we'll see what you think. <laughs> uh, I, I I love the book. I, I want to okay. marry. I want to marry Elizabeth Zod. I thought she was a great character. Uh, I, I I I do have. Uh, one complaint that there there is no excuse in any audio book that's done these days to mispronounce the name of a person that you can get off of uh, a YouTube thing. And the man's name was Jack LaLanne, yes. not Jack yeah. LaLanne. Yeah. You're right. And I, you yeah. know, I, I mean, yeah. and th- I mean, 
I don't care if it's spelled L A L A N N E. It was pronounced Lalane. I thought they were doing that for maybe they didn't have a authority to use the name. That's what I thought. That they didn't. No, no. The I mean, they used his real name, and they just. Mm-hmm. They 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 went on how it was spelled, and they didn't look that they didn't bother to go check how it was pronounced. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you know that 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 that, that bothered me. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, six six thirty was great. I mean, I, I love that scene <laughs> right after Mad was born, and somebody asked him asked the, the if it was a he or a she, and he he commented. A banshee, yeah, because uh, yeah, she was screaming all the time. I thought I thought that was hilarious, and and then uh, uh, and, and then when 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 Mad was was making mud pies, she was writing the number three point one four in the mud like the number pie. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, but uh, uh, I mean, you know, the, the, this uh, right. The, the the writer was is obviously very smart, and, and I, I thought mm-hmm. the book was just great. I mean, I, I I love quirky characters anyway, and I love strong women characters. But you know, I wish I'd have been around. Some of those men tried to pull one of these, and I'd have beat the hell out of them. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, you know that, that that was just unacceptable. And uh, you know, I I have never appreciated anybody that took advantage. You know, whether you're talking about women or anybody that, that are less fortunate than other people, I, that's always really irritated me when people treated people. Uh, you know that that uh, that were coming at, at a less of an advantage and stuff, and it just. Uh, I, I would have really liked to have clubbed some of the guys, and and I, and I know that's the way it was. I mean, and, and, and how women got through the fifties and stuff, and how they're getting through today still. I, I'm I'm glad we're we're making progress, but we still got a long way to go. But uh, I thought the book was great, and thanks thanks for picking it. So uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm I'm glad to hear that, yeah. um, Allison. Um, what what did you think of the book? I have to, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to unmute, correct? No, you're, being unmute, you're unmuted. I think you're unmuted. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure because I came in late and stuff. I really liked it. <clears throat> excuse me. I really liked it a lot. Um, I loved it when she, <laughs> and I can't remember who it was, but she um, she stabbed him with a with a pencil. Yes. I thought that was, <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I just liked the whole book. I loved Six Thirty. I thought he was great. Um, and uh, yeah, some of it probably, you know, was a little magical thinking. But hey, we all need that. Um, and let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and I thought I thought I I felt sorry for Walter and for. Um, I forget the other guy, uh, Walter and Philip, was it the guy that had the heart attack? <laughs> Philip was Walter's boss. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, but at least, at least he didn't die. You know, she, <laughs> yep. But I really liked it a whole lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to get like if Philip was not the best character because he was really mean, yeah. Yeah. and of course he tried to you know rape oh, oh right, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. you know that's not a good thing either um yeah. so um but certainly walter was was a very uh you know likable character definitely um okay um Ladon, what what did you think of the book? Well, I think that every discussion needs a counterpoint, okay. For me, this was the most disappointing book that I've read this year. Oh, boy. The dog ruined the whole thing for me. It sounded more like a farce or a graphic novel. That dog uh, having those intellectual thoughts ruined the book completely. The dog going, picking up the kids. It's just, just, as far, I didn't really much like her. She was afraid that she would end up like Albert Einstein's wife, who was quite brilliant in her own uh, flesh, but you don't read about her in the history books. And so she had that fixation that she would end up like 
uh, Einstein's wife. And, and that's why she would not be married or have, didn't want to be that closely uh, associated with a man. But then, of course, she did because uh, fell in love with him. But uh, her TV show only could be success in a novel. I'll tell you, when I'm watching a cooking show and they want to put sodium on the uh, food, I say, sodium, you're putting salt on it. It's table salt, damn it. And so that uh, that that totally could only succeed uh, in a thing. I, I don't think any show that, that uh, dwelled so much on, on – uh, the chemistry of cooking, although I've I've heard uh, those discussions and podcasts before, they are not they are not that popular. I, so so the book was, uh, like I say, the most disappointing one for me that I've read this year. Okay, um, you know I, I felt like when she was talking to the audience, it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and the doctor explains to you what's going on with you medically. And they always use these very big medical terms. <laughs> sometimes you can follow it, and sometimes you can't follow it. Um, yeah, that happened, that saying, happened to some, me. I mean, so I'm just saying, so with a scientist, you know, that, that was her work, that was her life, so that's the way she spoke. You know, she yeah, but that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't make a popular TV show. That very thing happened to me. I went in to have an operation. And the doctor asked me uh, if I uh, was taking any blood thinners. I said, no, I don't take any blood thinners. And then as he went through my thing, he said, ah, here you are, uh, this blood thinner. Well, he gave me some damn name that I had never heard of. I didn't know it. But anyway, that does happen. Yeah, that's why it wouldn't make it. In real life, it wouldn't have ever went over. But it did in a book. You know, I think she was trying to be herself. And also to talk to women in a way that, you know, help the women see beyond their circumstances. Because at that time, there was so much pressure for women to be home, to, you know, be a housewife. And if you were going to go to work, you had very limited options. You could be a nurse, you could be a teacher, you could be a librarian. You know, nobody really said you could be a doctor or a lawyer, an accountant. You know, they just saw you in certain ways. So I think she was just, she, the way she saw the world was a little bit different than the way a lot of her audience saw the world. And she was trying to import, import the way that she sees the world to, to them. And she also was trying to be herself. So while maybe it wasn't the most entertaining thing to listen to these chemical terms, to me it rang true. Um, and I don't know in real life if this show would be very popular. Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. But, um, you know, this is a time like when if you, I mean, I'm sure some of us, I, I have read it like if you've read The Feminine Mystique and, you know, The Second Sex and all the other books, you know, you, women were just trying to see the world in a different way and not just be narrowly constricted into a certain category. So she just had her own way of seeing the world, and she was imparting it, I thought, to, to her audience. And some of them responded. Some of them didn't, but some of them responded. Okay. Um, let's see. Sally, now I know you're a big fan of, of dogs and cats, so I'm curious, what did you think of, of 630 in, in the book? Okay. Before I answer that, I just wanted to say that Oddly enough, um, when I was eating dinner tonight, I was listening to BBC Radio 4, and they had a program on about Rosalind Franklin. Um, she is the woman who did most of the exploration of DNA and how it was set up, and her two colleagues, um, Watson and Crick, won the Nobel Prize for, uh, won the Nobel Prize for Science for it without giving her any credit for it at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that was in the 1950s. Yep. Yep. So that that um, reminded me of this. But when I started the book, I it took me a, a bit to get into it. I thought, oh, these are all cookie-cutter characters. I'm like reading a Marge Piercy novel from the 60s and, you know, 50 years later. Um, but... Then, I don't know, but something just clicked and they became real people to me. And you're right, I do love 630. Um, 
I I just I just love that dog. When he wanted to go to the TV station and and ran and jumped on the back of the truck um, on the highway and then passed out and you know passed out in front of the building so they'd let him in. That dog was a, I loved that dog. Um, the only the only thing I can say is I'm glad Madeline wasn't my daughter because. You know, she was, what, five years old, and she was totally brilliant and totally herself, and I wouldn't want to raise her as a teenager. But um, <laughs> but, but I, I, I really did like this book much more than I thought I was going to in the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah. That's all I have. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense, definitely. It, it, you know, it started out, for me, it was very intense, actually, in the beginning. And I thought, oh, no, what, what book did I pick for the group? And it, it did sort of, there was that moment, like Johnny was describing, where it really clicked for me. And I really got very invested in this world. Um, uh, Deanna, um, why don't you tell us what, what you thought of the book? Oops. Okay, just wanted to make sure I was unmuted because I sometimes mute myself and forget. Um, Well, first of all, I will I will beg to differ with Ladon about dogs because I have loved dogs all my life, and I have known dogs, farm dogs, that would go down to the mailbox and wait for kids to get off the bus even though it was a half a mile walk, you know, but they knew the, the time the bus was coming and they would show up. Um, so, and I had my very first guide dog knew most of my possessions by name. I could pick up a shoe and show it to her and say, where's the other one? And she would go dig through and run around and she'd find it and bring it to me. Um, they're a lot more perceptive because they're a working breed dog. You don't have any idea what breed he was exactly, just that he was chosen to be a, a, a bomb detecting dog. So he had to have brains. He had enough brains to know that he didn't want anything to do with bombs. <laughs> I love that. So, um, six thirty was was you know it's you don't really understand how they understand, but more than one of my ten guide dogs has been so cued in to my moods and my feelings that I can't fool them. If I'm frightened, if I'm upset, I can fool even my husband, my kids, my family. Um, because I can present a calm exterior in a crisis. They don't know that as soon as it's over, I'm likely to sit down and, and shake for two hours. <laughs> but but it's, it's just, my dogs always knew. They, they really do change how they're doing something according. And Flynn has even shown that in the, the, the short time we were in training together, when it was really hot and my vertigo was getting bad, he kept looking back at me and then he would try to take shortcuts to get me back to the lounge rather than going the full route because he knew that town and that area, you know, because he'd worked there all for the, for the you know, four months that he was in training um, before he met me and he knew those streets. And I could pick up on what he was doing because I knew where I was, that if we did turn left where he was indicating we should turn left with his body, that we would get back to the training lounge faster rather than going up to the next corner and walking back back a block, you know, um, crossing over on a different street and walking back a block. That was the route I was told to go, but it wasn't the quickest way. And when we got to the, the corner, instead of taking me to the to the curb to cross, um, 
you know, he knew we were going to turn left anyway. So he tried to cut the corner and hurry up and get me back to the lounge because he could tell I was not really functioning well. And, you know, that kind of perceptiveness is something I've seen many, many times, not just in guide dogs, but in pet dogs, dogs that know exactly what time people are supposed to get home from work and they go and wait for them looking out the window at the right time or a dog that would bark just before a phone rang. Um, it, you know, doing things that don't have explanation just because they use senses in different ways than we do. So, yeah, I liked 630. <laughs> and the, um, yeah, the, there were hard parts in this, of course, there were, but life is like that. There are mm -hmm. cool. times when good people have horrible things done to them, mm -hmm. and society has often let them get away with it. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you finished, Diana? Diana yes. Or? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with you about dogs. I, I've had two dogs with my husband, and both of them absolutely know when he's supposed to come home from work. <laughs> they jump up. They're just laying around, and at a certain time, they jump up, and they run to the door, and they just sit there until he walks in. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I agree with you. They, they know. They know the routine. They somehow can sense, you know, what's going on. And some, some dogs more than others, you know, but, some, but um, yeah, there, there's something a little otherworldly other a lot of times. Dogs. Um, Shirley, why, why don't you tell us what you thought of the book? Well, I tell you, I think it's got to be one of the strangest books I've ever read, but I got an awful lot of laughs out of it. And, um, I, you know, uh, the one person said, well, they didn't see how, uh, you know, 630 could bring that kid home from school and, and go and, and get that child. But if 630 had the vocabulary he had that they said he had, I wouldn't be surprised if he could do anything. And, you know, I'm not uh, an animal person at all, but I told my husband the other day, if I could have a dog like 630, I'd change, change my mind real quickly. <laughs> it's just pretty amazing. And I knew, I knew they were going to end up calling him that before they did it when she asked something about what was the dog's name. And I, I guess he must have thought she asked the time or you know, whichever way it was, and uh, he said 6.30, and I said to my husband, they're going to name that dog 6.30. I just know they are. <laughs> and I tell you, I that author, I mean, the one thing you got to say about her is what a vivid imagination <laughs> that person had that wrote this book. Just, just pretty, you know, pretty amazing. So, you know, I guess if I was going to pick a book, I probably never would have chosen one like this, but I, <laughs> I've been uh, going through a little bit of a, a, a difficult uh, time here recently because um, I, I broke an ankle and I had to have emergency surgery and all this kind of stuff, and I tell you, it gave me some good laughs. Uh, you know, while I've been sitting here and haven't been able to, you know, get out and do very much. So um, I, I must say, um, like I said, the, the author definitely had uh, a vivid imagination, and and I was glad to see the ending. You know, at least it had a, a pretty neat ending. Would have been nice if she'd gotten together with somebody, but not every book ends that way. And, um, you know, I certainly didn't expect her to end up meeting Calvin's mother. So that was nice to see. So um, I guess, you know, that's, that's pretty much it for, uh, for my thoughts on it. So whoever picked it, thank you. It, like I said, it was a bit far-fetched, but it gave me some good laughs. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... I thought there was actually a lot going on in this book. I mean, there were some, like Liz was mentioning, the part where she transformed her kitchen into a laboratory. That was 
crazy, but like in a good way. Yeah, I thought she was just going to yeah. tear apart her kitchen at first because right. she was just mad about everything. And I thought, oh, my God, she's going to yeah. just destroy everything. Why would she do that? Mm-hmm. So I was glad to see that there was a purpose for yeah, what she no, was she doing. She wanted to have a, a lab in her own home, which made sense, I mean, because she couldn't have one at work. <laughs> no, they didn't right. want her there. So she wanted to continue her work and do it at home, but but she still made food there. She was making coffee in the kitchen, right, you know, right. using laboratory equipment. It was very imaginative, you know, to, to think. Oh, and that child was definitely at a genius level yeah, somewhere. Oh, my sure. goodness, yeah, the stuff yeah. that kid came up with. Yeah, that was, was quite an amazement, yeah. too. Yeah, no, it, that was what was interesting to me was seeing the world through an eyes of a scientist because, unfortunately, that, that's not my brain. Yeah, um, I could have done without a, all, all those uh, chemistry formulas and stuff. Yeah. To me, there was a little more of that than what yeah. I felt needed to be because I sure didn't get anything out of them, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. I mean, you know, I I mostly go to women doctors, actually, and I... I, you know, I like to meet women who have that math and science bent because I think a lot of times women are not geared towards that now. Nowadays, there are a lot of, you know, women doctors, and it's not so hard to find them. But it's, it's, it's interesting to get that perspective to see, you know, how are they really seeing the world and, and, how, and just to, to meet somebody like Elizabeth Zott who was so brilliant and... Um, you know, just to sort of see the way that she's... That's, that's what's interesting to me about reading is you get into somebody else's head and you see the world through their the way they see the world. And I really felt she kind of pulled that off here, getting that perspective of seeing how a scientist would view the world. And yes, that they talk in that those kind of technical ways and, and you know, just the idea of pulling the kitchen apart and making it into a lab. I mean, I don't know. It's a great idea to have a lab in your house. That doesn't seem like the smartest <laughs> idea to me. But um, but you can see somebody that's that frustrated that they can't, you know, because if you think about it, all the men were coming to her house to get her help on the scientific projects that they were being paid for, and she was just getting whatever little amount of money that they decided to, you know, give her for her assistance. Um, so it was just another example of how women are devalued in, in the workplace. Um, you know, most of this took place in the 50s and 60s, and I like to think now that it's not exactly that way. It's certainly, it's, it's better. It's definitely better than that. But Yeah, I mean, if you're a woman, you know, a woman uh, doctor, you know, you're not going to be the only woman at the hospital who's a doctor or something like that. Um, you don't have to go to did I leave anybody out? Is there anybody else who I didn't call on who wants to talk? Yeah, there's uh, there's 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 area code nine seven zero who's muted, and Nancy okay. Unger who came in at like forty minutes oh, after Nancy. the hour. Sure, hi Nancy. Would you like to tell? Yeah, I came late too. I came late, and I got to get out of here pretty soon. Of a guest, and I got here kind of late. Okay. Nancy Unger. Should I, I say something? I heard. Sure. Hi there. Would you like? Sorry to... about that. I lost track of time. I have a guest, and I... oh, anyway, okay. I really like the. Yeah, I like the book, and. I, I thought I like, really liked Madeline. I really liked Harriet. I thought she was a neat lady, and I'm glad Harriet and Walter got together. I, I, Elizabeth was a little bit. I had mixed emotions about her, but she meant well in the end. You know, she and that and that uh, Miss Prasper assaulted, and they they were both fired, and they had something in common. And it was it was really incredible about um, um, you know the mother the mother of the of her husband's mother meeting up with her, the one who was endowing the fun, you know. And dialing the uh, labs and everything, I, I just thought it was a it was a, it was a strange book. Six thirty was an interesting dog to say the least, but um, it, you know it was sort of fantasy, sort of you know I don't know how realistic some of it was, but and I'm glad that um, you know it was you know that that Doctor Donati got was put in his place. That was fantastic, you know, by Mr. Wilson and. It, it, you know, I, I just thought there were some interesting twists in the book. Uh-huh. Um, but, but thank you very much. I don't want to say too much, but I really, sure. enjoy, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, thank well, you. She, she was an interesting character, Miss Frask, because boy, you yes, know, I, I wanted to smack her when she first started. I thought, you know, they talk about women, you know, not supporting women, and I just thought, oh God, she's like the worst example. 
Um, but at the end, you saw that, you know, she had her own thing that she went through, and she was, you know, she had a 21-year-old boy basically being her supervisor and getting fired and all. You know, she eventually came around to understanding that that she should really be helping other women, not, you know, because sometimes women do that. They, they kind of side with the men, and they... Um, they think that they're helping themselves, I guess, by putting other women down, and it's really horrible to see. And I thought she was very well drawn as a character. Certainly, you know, she she, she struck me as real. Um, so, area code nine seven zero. You you don't have to talk if you just want to listen. If you'd like to share. Anything. Hi, um, this is Catherine Johnson. Okay. Hi. I was the one that was trying to unmute myself and. For whatever reason, sure. it's working. Um, I really enjoyed the book. Um, I am a dietitian, and uh, so the chemistry was great in the book. I found it to be accurate and and true, and I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I enjoyed all of the medical aspects of the book, and I enjoyed. Um, reading it, um, I found that it was a um, good read, and um, some of it was quite sad, um, the part about um, Calvin passed away, I found that very sad, and and other parts about her being sexually affected um, by her um, uh, graduate advisor to be sad. Um, I liked other parts of the book. Um, I love uh, 6.30 and um, showing all the different things that he could do and and the amount of words and understanding that he learned. Uh, I thought that was uh, really great um, because as a guide dog user, you find that your dogs do learn um, more commands and more words and understand what you've uh, told them than uh, what they teach you in school. Uh, same for pet dogs can be incredibly um, uh, um, intelligent and learn um, different words. And also I agree with the part where the um, 630 would wait um, uh, for, um, you know, people to come home and knew when that would happen. Um, it's true for pet dogs and also our, our guide dogs if we had to leave them. Um, I enjoyed all the characters. Um, I found this book to be um, uh, really, uh, to me, very appealing, and I enjoyed um, uh, reading it even through the, the sad parts and the parts that made me um, frustrated or angry. Thank you so much for choosing this book. And I also wanted to say that I I read it over uh, Audible, which I really liked because then I can do other things and pursue um, my other uh, hobbies of knitting and quilting. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. I hope you, you come back to other discussions and you do what I do because I also listen to audiobooks and I, I knit also at the same time. So sometimes it's nice to listen to something while you're while you're doing some kind of craft. So um, so, so so Michelle, I heard all your comments and stuff, but I never really heard whether, whether you say whether you like the book or not. So uh, I do, what, you know what? what I found the book um, I did like the book. Um, I found it, it, it's the kind of a book that it, it kind of crept up on me a little bit. Um, I wasn't really sure, and, and I actually, it was the kind of book I needed to talk to somebody about, so I actually spoke to, I have a, a friend, Sandy, and she, she was raving about this book for a long time, so I called her up after I read the book, and we had a really long conversation about this book, and I think after I spoke to her, I kind of thought, you know, what what is it about the book? Because it, it, sometimes I read books and I don't really feel like I have to discuss it with somebody. But this book, I really felt like I wanted to hear another person's point of view, particularly about the misogyny. Um, that, you know, that kind of struck me um, very, very much. Um, 
and I, I sort of, she's, she's about 15 years older than me, so she worked in the 60s, and I wanted to hear her point of view about this also. Um, you know, how, how true was it to her life experiences? True. And it was, actually. It was, it was very true to her life experiences. And it was to mine also, um, but not, not the sexual assault part, but certainly, you know, the comments and the, uh, well, you know, it was, it's not easy. I mean, hopefully it's better now, but it's not easy to be a young woman working in an office with middle-aged men and older men. It's no picnic. Um, and, um, you know, when I worked in that environment, I, there were other young women in the office, and we all used to kind of band together and talk about all these things. And I, I couldn't imagine just being the only woman in a place and having no one to talk to about this. Um, it would be really hard. So that that really struck me a lot about about this this particular book. But I liked, like I said, I liked seeing the world through the eyes of a scientist. Um, I liked, I I think I liked her. Um, you know, she marched her own tune. I like that. I like those kind of women that they don't feel like they just decide what's right for them, and the world be damned. Um, yeah. And you know, this is the right path for me. And this is how I want to live my life. I, I respect people like that. I, I really I, do. So I, I have a couple of extra comments. So I wouldn't sure. at the end of the program. Okay. Uh, first, I wanted to talk about Madeline. Uh, you know, she was such a brilliant challenge, so things like that. And you might be thinking, uh, oh, man, children. But if you're as old as I am and can remember quiz kids, they were those kind of uh, children that could have do exactly what Madeline was doing in, in the book. So those, that's a real life thing that happens. The genes just seem to fall in place sometimes for a few people. I mean, if, if you've ever heard of those quiz kids, they could uh, do exactly what Madeline did. And on the TV show, I really liked the way she ended her TV shows. Kids, set the table. Your mom needs a <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I have a question. Um, this is not uh, any sort of a criticism or anything, but they were talking about when uh, when they were uh, they, um, Mr. Wilson's and uh, the, the foundation were uh, do, trying to, to track down Calvin and they said something about DNA. Um, was D DNA even well, I'm sure it was thought of, but they said that they determined that the family uh, genetics or something through the DNA back in 19, whatever it was, was that even, was that uh, a factor back then? Yes, I believe that it was because from what I heard tonight, Rosalind Franklin died in 1958 and she was the one who put most of the work into the replication of it. So, yeah, I, I I would believe that it was very front and foremost. It took it took long time to uh, isolate DNA, yeah. though. I don't think you could trace it like we do today. You know, your well, your ancestry through DNA. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate that because I thought, well, you know what? I suppose it's possible, but you know, I just wasn't wasn't sure. That's why I thought I've got to ask the group when when you know when we're just during the discussion. If you think about like paternity cases, I can think of them going back at least to the 1980s. Oh yeah, me too, would, back then. But I mean the- like, yeah, I, The 1960s, maybe not. Um, but I don't know exactly when they were doing the investigation. Were they doing it when he was in the orphanage or were they doing it afterwards? I, I think he was, uh, that's how they were able to, you know, to go to All Saints Boys Home mm -hmm. was that, wasn't that it? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to clear that up in my mind. I'm not oh, exactly. Wasn't, maybe there was a birth certificate that had her name on it. That, I don't know. I think she I, I found. I don't know. Yeah. She she tracked where the baby went, um, okay. and found out then that that his parents were dead, and the ones who had adopted him, and then she. Because she was wanting to find out where her child was and was he okay. And then she found that he had been put into 
a home for for children. And so when Wilson went there, he was looking for something in particular, a very tall boy. Mm-hmm. So he was basing it on um, the genetics that they knew about, you know, family yeah. characteristics, that kind of thing. Not DNA, but just what they yeah, thought right, it would right, look right. like. Well, there was right, right. DNA involved at some at some point. Maybe it right. was, you know, I, I was just, uh, I was just curious. Yeah. I would right. I would have to go back and read those sections because I don't know <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, well, that that's okay. It yeah. was, you know. Good yeah. Well, I love, strong, yeah, I love strong women characters, and that's why I like Elizabeth Sott. She was a strong woman character in the 50s and 60s, and it really had, it was tough in then. So, uh, But uh, anyway, great, great book, great selection. I'm glad you picked it. So. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah, sure. Um, several people, you know, talk about dogs. Well, I've had a couple, a few cats, actually, that... Um, mm-hmm. Would would always be at the door when I got home, and both mm-hmm. um, <laughs> both of okay, I, I was married. I, this is Tom is my second husband, so both of my husbands have said they always knew when I was about to come home from work because the cat would come running up from downstairs <laughs> and would be waiting at the front door for me before I got yeah. there. <laughs> so well, animals will do that. Well, yeah. Liz, weren't yep. you talking about? I think you told me a long time back that you guys had a dog when you were growing up and your dad was a truck driver and was on the road My and one dog, dog always knew i mean he but not necessarily called and said i'm coming home today but that dog always knew that that was the day your dad was that's right oh, and, wow. and this boxer would show up on our porch and my dad would be about a half hour behind that's amazing, <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My dog comes and stares at me every time it's four o'clock in the afternoon because that's about feeding time. Yep. <laughs> they, they know that. They're, they're pretty good at that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Next month's book is? Next month's book? Sure. Um, get the information here. So this is a, a suspense book, so it's a very different kind of a book than what we read this month. Um it is by, you know, I, we actually read a book in this group a long time ago by Sally Hepworth. Um, it was mm-hmm. called The name the sounded familiar. Oh, goody. It was called The Secrets of Midwives. We probably read it like six years ago, maybe seven mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is another book by her. It's called The Younger Wife. Well, that's a good book. Um, oh, good. Um, oh, yeah. Um, it is a uh, one zero seven two nine six one zero seven two nine six. It's nine hours and twenty minutes, and I will read the annotation. Um, heart surgeon Stephen Aston is looking to get married again, but first he must divorce his current wife, who um, who can no longer speak for herself. His daughter, um, Tully, his daughters, Tully and Rachel, believe his new fiance Heather, is nothing but a gold digger. She's younger than both of them. But Heather has her own secrets. Um, commercial audiobook 2022, and it's read by Zoe Carides, who is not a narrator that I've heard before. Um, so I know I, the only book of Sally Hepworth I've ever read is The Secrets of Midwives, but I know a lot of people like her. Um, she's a popular, um, I guess, domestic suspense would be her. Genre, what is her maybe? name again, please? Sally Hepworth, H-E. Okay, okay. Um, and it's called The Other, did you say The Younger Wife? The Younger mm-hmm. Wife, yes. The Younger okay, Wife. Thank the Younger you. Wife. Is it Allie Hepler, did you say? So it's yep. H-E-P-W-O-R-T-H, Hepworth. Oh, Hepworth. Okay. And the number you. is okay. one zero seven two nine six one zero seven two nine six. 296 Excellent. And the next time we're supposed to meet is October 7th, which is the first day. And, October 7th, um, right? 
That's what I put down. Yeah, there. exactly. Um, okay. So let's see. We have Joni and we have Alan and we have Liz and all of you have book groups. So if you want to share what your groups are reading, that would be great. Uh, well, Joni left, I think, but uh, oh, we're reading. Okay. Yeah, we're reading Night Work by Nora Roberts for the Worlds of Books. The third Tuesday of the month. So, uh, Liz, you want to tell us what we're doing for mystery? Um, yeah, our next mystery book is going to be Hidden Pictures by... That's a good book. Oh, that's a good book. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sorry. That. I can't remember the author's name right now. Um, that's all right. You got the title. That's all we need. Yeah. Hidden, Hidden Pictures. And yeah. we will be meeting the fourth Sunday of November. No. No. September. 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 It'll be meeting in November too, but first we'll meet in September. It's on the 25th of September, correct? That's what I have now. Yeah. 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 I didn't picture right. Yes. Yes. And then Banquet of Books is always the second Sunday of the month where we have everybody gathers okay. to just talk about a book that you read, just a short, right. uh, a short right. description. Yep. And we had like we had like fourteen here tonight, Michelle. So we have a big crowd. So yeah. no, I I gotta say something. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to reading this Sally Hepworth book because already it's like this this surgeon wants to marry this younger woman and his her his wife is is you know can't speak for herself can't and speak. The, yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I right now just just off the top of my head, I don't. I don't like either one of them right now. Okay. I'm glad that this might be a book where we don't like anybody. That's that's true. true. And I have read a few of those. I'm glad to learn that we're going to read that because that was in my wish list. Now I know not to read it so soon because I forget. Yes. Yeah, I've already got Mm -hmm. it downloaded to my uh, to Mm -hmm. my Victor reader. So. So yeah. ready to go. Well, I, mean, I do kind of want to know what's going on with these people. So it sounds intriguing. So. It does. <laughs> Marsha, can um can I call you right after? I have a tech question to ask you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming. I, I'm I'm glad. You know, everybody had really great comments about the books, and um, we'll see each other again soon in all the different groups. So thank, thanks to everybody. Oh, Michelle, may, may I say real quick, I just, so yeah. I really appreciate you sending out the little, the email with, with the upcoming book. That's how I knew where to get it and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's very, very nice. Very you know, I try, you know, especially because it's like right before the holiday weekend. And I say to myself, you know, everybody will, think about something else or whatever. So, you know, I try to pick out the books ahead of time if I can. Um, um, so if I know what the book is, I'll let you guys know what the book is so you can download well, thank it and you. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thank everybody enjoy. Have a, have a wonderful weekend and stay enjoy, safe. Folks. Enjoy, 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 enjoy your Labor Day You do a good job. Thank you. Yep. Everybody Bye. enjoy your Labor Day Hey, Nancy. Yeah. Yes. Nancy. Yes. Call me when you get back from dinner. I sure will, sweetheart. I'll talk to you later, folks. Okay. Have a safe weekend and have fun. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.